on the earth. Just go. He must be in the bathroom. Whatever. We don't have well, time. We gotta get this done. We yeah. Get yeah. Done. Um, what'd they say? They needed it like His yesterday. Notes are still here. Okay. Good. 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 All right. Okay. Well. Um. um what? What? Um. We should uh, tell them who we are. What yeah. music is right? Yes. yes. Uh, well, Cine Music Live is a performance collective where local media artists, musicians, and improvisers can collaborate. Our artists research, edit, refoley, rescore, and redub films in a live improvised performance. That's right. Um, this 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 show though is not that show. This is the uh, Cine Music Radio with Ira Hotchkiss. Who don't worry, he'll be back. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 We're actually you, you're. Ira was really great. We were really lucky to get him. Uh, he's he's a he's a good he, he's a pro. Yeah. He, yeah. We are not. He's a pro. We can make this clear right now. We are not the host of this podcast. No. no. Uh, you may hear us from time to time as guests, or uh, we yeah. do like to guest host with him sometimes. It, yeah. But he'll be fine. This is the he'll be, Ira he'll, Hotchkiss he's back. show. Yeah. Um, but. Because Ira's not here, I'll, I'll fill you in on what his show's about. So his show is the Cine Music Radio Show, uh, where they cover a, a broad spectrum of, of things involving uh, uh, the city of Calgary and, and Alberta at large. Uh, the arts and culture in the city, uh, a lot of perform, uh, performing arts, uh, promotion of artists. He brings a lot of guests in. They talk about the things that they like to do. He likes to promote a lot of organizations in the city, but a partner mm. organization, yes. Cine Music. Yes. Yeah, right. um, they also sometimes do some creative content on there, so that you'll hear maybe a radio show show by uh, jared here or a radio play by jared or some improv by neil and his crew or uh-huh. uh, and that sort of thing sometimes they do reviews of movies comic books books um various other things uh and sometimes they just have uh guests uh, uh people come in and just talk about uh bs uh, anything else bs with bs with bs with ira yeah. yeah yeah um sometimes we have musical guests that will come in play a, uh, play a song li- yeah a live song yeah. uh and maybe even some of their recorded stuff as well that's right so uh, i think his uh one of his first guests is uh is a friend of yours jared oh yeah kyle yeah. green kyle green and he came in and uh and they did a show together yeah and... uh he's a local musician and artist yeah as well as who's the other guy eric jesse eric jesse he's he's on uh he's up next to the irish show uh he's gonna come in play some music and then uh, we have a couple people from the Kinkonauts hopefully going to come in. Oh, we too. do. We do have some cast members coming by. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, so if that sounds like the kind of thing you want to see, you can here. see it here. See it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. This is a podcast. This is why we need Ira. Yeah, this, this is why yeah, we need Ira. This, we're not pros. Up, bro. All right. Well, this is uh, this has been the promo. <laughs> uh, tune in on all of our uh, all of our upcoming shows as well as our media. Uh, we you are can on find Facebook. Us, yeah. Yeah, you can find us at uh, Cine Music Live on, on Facebook and yeah. on Instagram, I believe. And where can they find the podcast? The podcast? Because that's will... not on Facebook or Instagram. No, you will be able to find this on iTunes, Spotify, uh, uh, various other podcast mediums, hopefully Stitcher, maybe, mm. who knows, Google Podcasts. Uh, the best way to find us will be search Cine Music Live Radio, and that's how you'll be able to find us. I like it. Yeah. Cool. Well, right on. Uh, well, you'll see, you'll uh, hear I- Ira next time, so... Uh... Thanks, guys. This might be our only time that we ever do this together. Yeah, yeah. Good Good last knowing you guys. I look forward to hearing his promo. I think it will be
that's very important to me. I care deeply about children. My first children... Will it make you happy if you read it? I just like to talk about it in my eyes. My first children's program was on WQED 15 years ago, and its budget was $30. Now, with the help of the Sears Roebuck Foundation and National Educational Television, as well as all of the affiliated stations, each station pays to show our program.
welcome to the Cine Music Radio Podcast. My name is Christian, and I'm filling in for Ira Hodgkiss. With me, as always, is uh, my co-host. Hi, uh, this is Neil Watson, and I am filling in for Christian, who is normally Ira's co-host, so we're just moving on down the line. Yeah, yeah. it's the chain of command, right? Yeah, this yeah. is, I am the designated survivor in this situation, <laughs> Pretty much. At this point, I'm, I'm getting kind of worried about where Ira is. Uh, I mean, we, we, he hasn't communicated with us. He, he went to, uh, he didn't even tell us where he was going. He just kind of disappeared one day. Maybe he's even in this room right now and we don't know. I, I, I'd be really concerned with that because this is a small room. So if, if he's in here somewhere and we haven't found him yet, then he might be like, you know, under the floorboards or something. Right. Yeah. He's totally not underneath the floorboards. Don't I, check. <laughs> that's what that pungent smell is it's a good thing this is an audio podcast yes, right smell of vision podcast oh boy uh on today's episode we have uh we have a friend of cinema music live uh a uh, frequent collaborator we have uh, eric jesse with us today hello hello that's eric um and uh eric uh if you want to just even just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself like uh you know who you are how long even uh what you do that sort of thing sure yeah um well, I suppose in the in the context of Cine Music Live, I'm kind of probably known both as a musician as a, and as a uh, production technician of sorts. Um, I kind of started helping out with the show uh, when it used to take place in my backyard when I used to live with uh, some of the founders, and uh, I just I happened to have access to the right equipment that we needed, so I right. uh, was able to sort of provide the the necessary things to make the show happen. Right. But, so you, uh, you would, yeah. you lived with Garrett, right? Yes. That's yeah, right. yeah. Right. So Garrett, yeah. Garrett Cooper, who is one of, uh, yeah. one of the founders of cinema music. Uh, he, uh, you guys were living in, it was, we'll say we're, we're, we're in Calgary, uh, Calgary, Alberta. That's where we're, we're based. Uh, cinema music. No, not Calgary. Scotland. Is there a Calgary in Scotland? There is. I believe oh, so. No way. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. It, I think it's named after a man named Calgary. Yeah. Oh, Cal, Cal Gary. Cal Gary. Yeah, <laughs> Cal Gary. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh, that's why everybody calls it Cal Gary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's those people from yeah. from Scotland. Damn it, yeah, damn <laughs> ruining our name. Um, so Eric, uh, uh, you're a musician, kind of first yeah. and foremost, right? Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, I know you're also a uh, engineer, music, uh, mm-hmm. sound engineer, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So uh, how did how did you uh, get involved with music? Like, uh, how long how long have you been playing? Man, oh man, I've been playing for a really long time. Um, my, I guess the first, I, I took piano lessons when I was really little, but that I never really stuck with that. Um, I was in the school band back in grade six as a trumpet player. Uh, I don't really remember how to play the trumpet. But yeah. kinda, <laughs> you think if yeah. somebody handed you one, you would you would be able to at least play the Star Spangled Banner? Uh, probably. Uh, mine was always the the Star Wars theme because you don't have to press any of the valves. You just can just like keep it open and go like. Oh Burr. really? <laughs> oh, not Star Wars. Sorry, I mean uh, the two thousand one. Oh yeah, yeah, Space Odyssey. yeah. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that I kind of it kind of fell out of it for a while after I did band and then. I uh, walked into a guitar shop when I was about 15, and uh, one of the guys showed me how to play a power chord, and uh, I was like, I was originally going to learn how to play the bass, but then he showed me the power chord, and I was like, oh yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, this, so. this, this is right for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, your fir- you said your first instrument was uh, was piano, right? Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, technically, like I said, I haven't, I, I would never call myself a pianist, but yeah. yeah. Uh, how many instruments do you play? Um I would say, like, competently, I play three. I right. play, I play guitar, bass, and drums pretty, pretty decently. Four, if you count your voice, right? 
Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah, the voice is an instrument for sure. Yeah, some some would say. Some I know, would say mine yeah. is mine is a very poorly instructed. <laughs> constructed yeah, instrument. yeah. Like, I don't consider mine a strong one either. But I kind of go by the like Bob Dylan thing, where I'm like not very good at singing, but I have good songs. So it like kind of at least yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So, uh, your first guitar. Do you remember? Do you remember what your first guitar was? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it was a. Uh, <clears throat> it was a piece of crap uh came with an amplifier from music center canada right. it was like one of those washburns like, yeah it was a washburn yeah, yeah, yeah i have two of them in the oh, next nice. room <laughs> nice yeah it was it does the trick right totally man yeah. like it's it was it's a it's a fine instrument it was just like you know it was cheaply built and yeah. that's totally fine for a first instrument yeah 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 uh so sorry you play the bass yeah uh, drums and the guitar right yeah right so when you were uh when you were younger, did you kind of bring all of those together to like write songs when you were younger? Like, do you remember yeah. what your first song was? Oh, <laughs> uh, hmm. I don't remember my very first. Like, there was there was a time where I kind of like had sort of figured out how to record music, and I was just like, you know, just like kind of plugging random things into the line input of my old computer, yeah, and just yeah. like messing around and uh yeah I, I recorded some really bad songs that were <laughs> they were influenced by what i was into at the time which was like ska and pop punk music yeah, and yeah. like i was just kind of doing those things and executing them poorly yeah but, trying trying yeah. to do like streetlight manifesto or data yeah. remember like yeah like yeah, that, yeah. Right? i was hugely into streetlight actually when yeah. i was a kid yeah but, yeah I, I saw them yeah. once uh, at van's warp tour oh yeah when they were here it's a good show yeah. yeah never have i seen so many uh brass instruments on stage mm -hmm. at one yeah time. totally they have a big big horn section for yeah. sure are you the yeah. only person in your family who plays music uh yeah pretty much uh my grandma plays the piano pretty well on my mom's side um but uh yeah i think that's i uh, yeah i think that's pretty much it i can't i'm not sure just trying to rack my brain yeah i don't think yeah not no, anyone else yeah, um do you uh, this is a little bit of an abstract question do you have any idea where it might come from like where your where your interest in music was was and mm. like why it became so uh pertinent in your life that's a good question um that's it's hard to say like it's it's definitely something that i like thought was cool growing up like when I was when I was really little and like doing like school band and and stuff like that, like I I I did have fun with it. I don't really remember ever making a conscious decision to do it. Really, like it was just kind of something that was always there, and uh, I always enjoyed doing. It just kind of felt right. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, um, there's definitely like I definitely like had my idols that I thought were really cool when I was a teenager and stuff that kind of kept me wanting to do it and like kind of wanting to emulate them and stuff yeah. like that but, i had i had yeah. uh, i had that further in the conversation but i'll ask yeah. you now um like uh who who were you like inspired by like what 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 bands did you grow up listening to oh man so uh, yeah I, I i wouldn't say i had like the greatest music taste when i was when i was growing up <laughs> did any um, <laughs> i did yeah exactly right like i did uh yeah like streetlight manifesto was a big a big influence actually for me like i always really liked uh his uh lyrics were always i always found them like quite poetic and, and well written and uh just the energy of the music really really spoke to me um yeah so i i did always really admire thomas kalnicky um there's this other guy named jeff rosenstock i don't know if you guys have heard of i've heard of him yeah yeah, yeah. on the yeah. music industry yeah for yeah. Sure. yeah um he's actually someone that inspired me to start recording my own stuff because like his early stuff was like Real lo-fi. It was lo-fi. Like, he was just recording it on GarageBand on his laptop in his apartment. Like, yeah, fuck, man. If it works, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. And his music was, 
it was good and it was interesting and uh i I think what inspired me about it the most was just the fact that he created it all himself just with uh with the means that he had which is like kind of what i i tried to do as well yeah um yeah so i always thought that was cool and he like kind of started his own record label and stuff like i always kind of like the idea of just like sort of even if you didn't really have the means to do something or the connections or whatever to just like kind of do it anyway and like see how it goes yeah i guess that's cool yeah so so we said this earlier but uh you're an audio engineer right yeah that's right yeah Yeah. so you went to school for that right i did yeah Yeah. uh well whereabouts did you go uh i went to a school called recording arts canada okay in montreal no oh i I totally thought you went to school here oh oh yeah no i was way off i thought you probably (laughs) went to state or something like that oh yeah yeah Yeah. well yeah state's State's got some great courses too i went to state so yeah yeah right on bring that up but that's cool yeah um, yeah. So what, what, what's, uh, was that just kind of a natural transition for you? Um, it was, it was something I'd never really thought about too much, but definitely like from sort of recording my own stuff, I'd had a bit of a taste of it. And, um, I've always been pretty technical minded, uh, technically minded in my life. Like my dad's, uh, an engineering technologist. So, uh, I've always kind of like enjoyed learning how to make stuff and, and how it works and stuff like that. Right. And a, a really close friend of mine actually made the suggestion for me to look into it. And, uh, I, yeah, I ended up liking the idea of it a lot. Um, I really, I really went into it with the intention of just like being able to produce my own music and then yeah. like being able to like yeah. use that as a means to take it further. But excuse me eventually it just kind of ended up being a career on its own yeah so, yeah. yeah for sure uh we'll we'll come back to the to your your, your music and, mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff in a little bit but um i just kind of want to talk about cine music live a little yeah, bit more please. And, yeah. and how you kind of came in, involved with that so you were saying earlier that you you lived um, with garrett yeah and uh was that before or after you'd gone to school I was after I'd gone to school, yeah. Right, so you yeah. you had you'd come to acquire a lot of the gear and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, the gear doesn't belong to me, but it's uh, a, a colleague of mine is uh, generous enough to kind of let me borrow it whenever, if it's available, whenever I want to. So, right. Yeah. And 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 at starting out with cinema music, uh, you were doing a lot of the obviously the mixing of everything that was happening at the yeah, back but totally. you were also doing um some of the foley was that right or was that someone else uh no that was hayden actually oh, hayden yeah right? another friend of the show uh, yeah who will most likely uh fill in for ira at some point <laughs> yeah i bet he will yeah, yeah. uh but yeah. yeah so so you were there for the the conception of, of music yeah. the cinema music right yeah that's yeah. right uh yeah. if you want can, can you tell me a little bit more about that like like what was that like because uh uh-huh. cinema music's been around for two years two or three years is that right yeah we just wrapped our second second season right so you were you were there when the when the nine yeah. months nine months before it popped its uh little head out <laughs> into the art community right <laughs> yeah totally well I, I didn't see too much of its conception i because that was mostly i think um in uh, i think like garrett and jared were talking a lot about it in the beginning yeah. and uh i but i did one time come into uh it's funny something uh when when i was living with garrett something that would happen a lot was like random pieces of junk would end up in our garage and backyard right with the in- vague intention of making art out of them um yeah look at this good uh, faucet i found yeah exactly look at this bird cage yeah just gonna say right yeah, put it together right <laughs> what, what does it mean <laughs> and, and with credit to garrett he did actually make a couple of, like really cool pieces out of, yeah, out of the it. stuff that he'd brought in but uh but yeah, I just anyway, I just come into our garage one day and there's this piece of like MDF that's like half of it's been kind of like broken and torn off. And there's just like in pencil written on it, like what I could assume would be like kind of the original plan for for the show that like what that was what they were thinking of, like just like 
bands, projector screen, movie, like just like these like kind of vague ideas and just think in a yeah. couple of years somebody's gonna find that in a mm, in that's a, a collector's a, item. Yeah, I was man. just gonna say yeah. Yeah. Our, our foundational document is yeah. a broken piece of <laughs> <laughs> That says a lot that about about us if you yeah. 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 Forward Studio literally we found this garbage wood, but you know, now we can write something. <laughs> we made something out of it, right? Yeah. Um so I, when it when it first was starting, um, mm-hmm. like what what were your uh, initial contributions? Do you do you remember anything? Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, like my 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 wheelhouse was was the the tech stuff for sure. Like just kind of bringing the bringing the idea from from conception to reality in terms of like making the getting the infrastructure together and and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. I kind of um, Chris, who's my colleague, I mentioned who helps uh, who, who who lends me the gear. Uh, he he'd ended up with this big projector screen from the state student bar that used to be there. I don't quite know how he got it, but it's been, it was sitting in the shop <laughs> yeah, for fell ages. Off, fell and, off a truck, right? yeah, something like that. Uh, so we, uh, I like Jerry rigged that with a couple big uh, cranks uh, stands that you can crank to get nice yeah, and high. Those and, triple risers, yeah. Um, and then yeah, just like all the sound and stuff we had kicking around, just sort of put it together like that and. Yeah, it wasn't uh no, it wasn't wasn't really that uh that technically challenging to pull off, but uh it's definitely an interesting thing to do in our backyard to just kind of see how that would work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh what was the first show? It was Destroy All Planets, was it? Not? Oh no, it was Teenagers? It was, it was no, it was uh Argo Man. Was oh, Argo yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah, it was the Italian yeah. superhero movie Argo Man. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Neil, what is Argo Man? <laughs> so Argo Man for anyone who doesn't feel like popping open their Google right yeah, yes. uh, I no, imagine somebody's on the people. bus, like listening yeah. to this. Right? So, imagine, imagine if Marvel had decided to start making its movies, but instead of it being in two thousand and nine, it was nineteen sixty two, and instead of being in Hollywood, California, they were in Italy, and instead of having any money, they had no money. Was that Roger That's Brown? Roger Brown, yeah, Roger yeah. Brown stars as the titular Argo Man, and like. Lord, so here's one of the things because we don't use the plots of the movies, we pull the sound out, we edit them. I couldn't tell you really the story of Argo Man. Mm. He's a misogynist superhero uh, who has like telekinetic powers, but he like loses them for six hours after he has sex. (laughs) (laughs) Specifically six hours. Specifically six hours. He's a really long refractory period. Uh, But yeah, so that was our first show. Did you didn't play a musical instrument Mm -mm. in that? Did you? Okay, not for that one no okay yeah 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 because you you have played music for cine music before right yeah just the one at uh the engineered air theater that you guys did right right and that that was that was shortly after your your ep had come out right or was Um, that a couple months a little bit a little while but yeah not too far yeah Yeah. um so with that first show um was there anything that you remember like standing out uh, of being like yeah maybe this this works you know? oh yeah it was like within the first like five minutes of the show starting i think for me like cause I, th- I I seem to recall like we had to wait a long time because the sun was still out and like our projector wasn't strong enough to yeah, like we, uh, be visible our first couple shows were outdoors uh, yeah which proved to be challenging um because we kept failing to account for things like sunset yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. we'll start the show at eight and the sun doesn't <laughs> set till nine it's like, july 14th yeah. <laughs> yeah. literally yeah. yeah, sun's not going down yeah, for exactly. another eleven hours. Yeah, um, but yeah, I remember like just the first like just as pretty much as soon as it started like the this this music started like coming from the band set of those just super like kind of 
uh, strange and, and spacey and, and uh, dissonant and interesting as the movie started. And then uh, just like the, I was just like really, really blown away. Like I knew that the Kinkanauts were good, but like just the, the, the caliber of the comedy and like the improvisation that was going on, like just right out of the gate, I was just like, it was just so like funny and like I was just like blown away by it and I was like oh yeah this is awesome like, yeah, yeah for sure and and Neil you had you had set up the the crew for that one right the uh, the, I the the Kikonat yeah I know we had a last minute change up because one of our uh, performers his car literally broke down on the way to the show but luckily one of the other performers had just heard about the show and wandered over <laughs> um that was a, a gentleman named uh caleb ellsworth clark he's out in toronto now working uh working on a netflix show i believe um uh, who else did we have we had jordan lane we had jessica belbin and we had and yeah. Jess Bellman, she's she's been involved for Jess, yeah, quite she, a few of our shows. The first show, I believe, she portrayed Argo Man in that. Show. Oh, really? She That's well. Argo Man. <laughs> yeah, she can she can handle the lead role. She has a powerful presence on stage. She's but, quite good. Yeah, that's um, great. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you, uh, I joined uh, or the first show that I had seen with Cinema Music was Destroy All Planets. I believe was the first one that I had seen. Yeah. Uh, also true. in uh, in in Garrett and Eric's backyard. Yeah, so the mm. first one, Argo Man, that was the first year. We only did the one show. I want to say it was late September. Yeah, it would have been in the fall, I think. We, uh, yeah, Because it was fall, all the uh, apples were falling down from the trees. Oh, yeah. In so, the middle of the show? <laughs> well, no, beforehand. So what we did is we collected all of these apples from the apple trees in the yard where the show was going to happen, and we made apple pie. Yes, yes. I have <laughs> heard the apple you story. Complimentary food and drinks. Mm. And then we that was a big out, part. That is in violation of the health code. You oh yeah, cannot do I thought that. if it was yeah. free, it was fine. Yeah, and it was like a private event on yeah. private property. I think like the fact that it was a private event is probably how you could yeah. get away. Also, like you mentioned, Caleb joining the the improvisers. Uh, that he accounted for fifty percent of our audience for the first show. So it was oh like, really? So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not like we were under yeah. like maybe that's just an exaggeration, but there were like it was the first one was uh that it was, was a tester. It was, it was yeah, pretty it was modest. Yeah. 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 yeah, how many people do you so, think were there, roughly? Five to ten. Yeah, oh yeah, really? Yeah, and it was, it was, it was little, all yeah, you know, people who, who yeah. had been invited to be in the band but chose not to, just wanted to watch, or you know, parents, friends. It wouldn't have like been, that. wouldn't it have been wild if it was just the improvisers and just the band? Like, <laughs> I, I have been to those kinds of shows. For <laughs> yeah, sure. that yeah, would have been something too. else for Me sure. Too. Do you know who the who the band members were that time? Yeah, it was um, Jared and um, Bry was Bryson there? I think he was. I it yeah, was, yeah, it was Jared, Bryson, uh, yeah, Bryson Richie, um, and uh, Georgia ended up joining too. Um, oh my goodness, yeah. she did too! Yeah, wow, I yeah. Really forgot about that. That's yeah, yeah, and I don't think that they had uh, intended on on uh, on playing until just like yeah, being I, I, at the like show. five yeah. minutes before yeah. showing up. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Jared put the call out pretty like far and wide, and it was like whoever attended, yeah. we we threw him in there, and it worked out because he also mm -hmm. he brought a wide selection of instruments. That yeah, was probably totally. one of the most improvised we had done. Yeah, because people mm -hmm. came and didn't even know what they would be playing. Because uh, yeah, I, I just kind of show up. And, I will yeah. say one of the highlights of Cine Music is definitely the music because it is yes. it mm -hmm. is something else. Like because it, mm -hmm. it it is never what like you know people would probably suspect when they come in they're going to hear some pretty not necessarily generic but like um approachable music you know <laughs> yeah and, people definitely have an idea of what in their head of what music sounds like yeah. <laughs> it doesn't always uh 
yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally not. Like, like um, yeah. I remember when we did our uh, our show just over the the summer at the at the Central Library there, yes. and mm-hmm. we had the band positioned in the in the in, a, in the back room, and you could see the looks on some people's faces. Where obviously <laughs> they were still enjoying themselves. I'm not talking yeah. shit or anything, but I just like you know hearing this weird spacey um, ethereal kind of thing was really really um inspiring for some people you know like they were probably like i've never heard stuff like this before like it was just kind of blowing people's minds but yeah and and i think that's a that's a, a thing that would definitely draw people in especially when they're walking past <laughs> like yeah the, this this backyard and they just hear uh, like a spaceship taking off <laughs> yeah. yeah you know totally and then this the second show um that was uh i want to say I think Destroy All Planets was the second one, wasn't it? Either that or Teenagers. Yeah, because because uh, um, the Destroy All Planets Teenagers definitely was still in your backyard. I remember maybe that, that was much. The third one, I can't remember. B- both of those were in the backyard. Mm. I want to say that we did. Maybe we did a. Did we do Argo Man again that year? Maybe because I, I want to say the second year we did too. I feel like because I, I have heard that we've done Argo Man multiple times. Yeah, maybe that's I think right. Fundraisers the third show that year because the one over in Media, that was that second mm-hmm. year, and then. Last right. year was the first year that we didn't do any in the backyard because nobody lives at that house. Anymore. Yeah. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I, I think yeah. they might be knocking it down. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, you know what? That's what we thought they were going to do. But then we, we ended up actually, just a funny aside, we ended up getting a message from this guy we went to high school with. And he's like, hey, I think I'm living in your old house. Like, I'm getting oh. all of Eric's mail. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's funny. So I guess that's not getting knocked down yet. I drove by there like a week ago and it's still there. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I'd really like it for the fan base. Yeah, <laughs> something, right? Yeah. Someone else gets it. Yeah. Done. Yeah, that's it. Uh, what, uh, do you have any like uh really outstanding memories from Sunday music from from the uh, conception to like now? Anything that really stands out mm. for you? Well, like that that first moment was definitely a big deal. Um, yeah, that was that was really cool. Um, I think like the the one that like I that that first comes to mind was when we did the one at the Engineered Air Theater at Arts Commons. Mm-hmm. And I remember just like looking out of the audience and there being like, what was it? There was like 120 or 150 people. Yeah, there something, or something like that. Like, I th- I think like it was, had... it was full. Like the engineered air, air uh, the engineered air theater was full and just being like, man, like going from, going from like three people in our backyard and like some janky shit. Yeah, to, and, like, and suddenly we have to all these people. A proper theater. And yeah, uh, yeah that's super cool. Cause you played, yeah. you played a set. That, yeah. that time and then yeah. you also you also did the music for we that. did the improv yeah. yeah yeah that was uh that was my first uh editing uh, uh project right. i believe yeah mm. uh, we did the many okay. faces of jimmy stewart yes um, and that was probably like the most uh ambitious edit i would say like yeah totally the, yeah. yeah you're pumping my tires and i appreciate it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah that, that was something else i had probably spent 16 hours editing that thing just to try and get it all together and we mm. watched so much jimmy stewart <laughs> <laughs> oh boy it was all over the place yeah um well where where do you uh where do you see cinema music going from here oh man there's 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 a lot of options there i think like 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 um i really do really strongly believe that the the idea is so good and i people have done stuff like it like i've I, i know that there's been a couple like similar ideas uh but like no one's really done it like this and and i i really do think that like there's like very good potential like for it to really go somewhere um where that is i don't know but uh i do really like very sincerely believe that there's a lot of potential 
in the in the project cool yeah yeah um i think we're gonna take a short little break uh and in this break we're gonna play one of eric's songs uh from your ep um that ep came out in 2018 or 2019 it's 2018 2018 right uh closer to the end of 2018 yeah exactly yeah Yeah, and uh the song that we're gonna be playing is uh, hourglass He Was Dead is a novel about regaining a failing potential because of past trauma, disappointment, lateral violence, social structures, and complacency. 
Coming to terms with life decisions, battling inner demons, and regaining control through second chances, all through the lens of an indigenous man's near-death experience, told as a psychedelic adventure story with dreamscapes, parallel universes, time travel, and other elements of sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and various mythologies. It's a twisty road. He was dead. Prologue. Shake my hand. Written, directed, narrated, and voice of Mr. Tripp by Jared Tailfeathers. Old Nick Switch, voiced by Hayden Dallison. Foley and sound effects by Jared Tailfeathers and Hayden Dallison. Produced by Cinemusic Live. <laughs> He was dead. He knew it. He had felt the breaks, the pain, and the dimming light of his mind fail. Hadn't he? The car hadn't slowed down at all. Probably hadn't even been watching where he was going. He guessed both of them had been guilty of that, absent-minded of the fact of cause and effect, of Murphy's Law, and of the selfish nature of man. He had been mostly guilty of life, being distracted because of nothing more serious than school, money, and love. Pondering his debts and loneliness, he wandered aimlessly onto a busy main road, on a busy day like any other Monday in early October. Forgetting that at this time of day, the people are beyond eager to continue their mundane lives in front of a screen, full of more interesting and beautiful people, away from their mundane jobs which they had spent so long kissing asses to obtain. This one particular mundane individual is thinking about re-watching his favorite show for the third time an American movie classic about meth and Malcolm's bald dad. This driver saw an opening. He sped up to 20 over to make the yellow light. That was it. They only saw each other for a split second. Connecting eyes that would forever change the course of their lives. Hitting first the hood, and then the glass. Ripping and slipping, tearing and swearing, he hit the ground. He saw a woman screaming and wailing, gnashing her teeth, wide green-eyed. His own eyes glossed over with red. He was dead and knew it. But if it was true, then why was he standing on a green hill looking out? The hill was tall, green grass blanketed fully. But that was it. No trees, other vegetation, or animals in the sky or on the ground. Just him and the hill. He turned and saw only the hill, and a thick gray fog... It encompassed the complete surrounding area, from the base of the hill through the air in a dome that obscured the sky barely 20 feet above his head. There was light, but no sun, or no sign of where the sun should be. A slight warm breeze ruffled his short black hair and his blank black clothing. A t-shirt and slacks with black slipper-like shoes, plain, unmarked, and unremarkable. Dead and knew it. He'd never been a God-fearing man, had been raised as a Catholic, but never really cared for the idea of heaven and hell. Laughed at the idea of judgment. Life was what it was, here for the now, and only now, and in the end, into the dust and dirt where our monkey ancestors came from. If this was an afterlife, it was one he didn't recognize. There were no choruses of angels, no beauty beyond thought, no St. Peter to walk him through the great pearly gates, Neither were there any goat men with horns. The heat of fire, 
or the smell of brimstone. No burning sinners wailing and gnashing. No ruler of the underworld here for his soul. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, there is. Kind of. He pirouetted, seeing a ruggedly handsome man grinning at him. A fine three-piece suit cherried on top with a bright red bow tie. A thin and pointy mustache decorated his top lip with a skinny beard on his chin, pointing down from his lower lip. His ears were pointy like an elf, and his nose drooped to a tip, splitting the mustache in half. His falsely smiling eyes were framed by sinister pointing brows. Well, maybe not in the way you've been taught. The man held out his right hand with intention to shake. I am not Satan. Or Lucifer, though. We've met and he is some sort of distant relation from a different reality. But you don't really need to know about him. My name is Nick. Nick Switch. My friends and acquaintances call me Old Nick Switch. I'm here to bargain with you a bit, Mr. Tripp. Old Nick breathed through a smile so false he had the perpetual cheese face of a child who was forced to pose for the camera. Who the hell are you? Where am I? That's not even my name. That's not my name. My name is... At the moment, Mr. Tripp couldn't remember it. (laughs) Well, Mr. Tripp, why don't we stick with it for a moment? Doesn't really matter in the scheme of things. It's not about the quality of your name, but the quality of your life. Nick winked. (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) I am me. And my name describes who I am. Mm -mm. What do you want anyway? No, sir. Your actions or inaction describes who you are. are. And you, Mr. Tripp, have so far lived an unremarkable Unremarkable life. life. You've forgotten the dreams of youth and hopes of a bright path to success in the way of monetary gain and status. 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 You've chosen to be as mundane as the people you mock to your friends on a daily basis. You take schooling for a career career that you could give a flying shit about. about. You cry about your loss of love and cash, but don't actively pursue ways to remedy those things that also bring you and your loved ones true happiness. You've chosen a path of unimportance and have forgotten what you're alive for. You believe that death is death, and that is that. But still live like you're nothing. This one-time trip is nothing. Grow up, you waste of space. Nick's impossibly white teeth glistened. I was going to school for a respectable job in law. A subject I'm good at. Chasing a girl who was successful in her own right. Beautiful. And from a good family. Who seemed to give a shit about me. I was working my way out of debt. And life was running smoothly up until it smoothly ran me over. I don't need to explain my life to you. Who are you to judge my life anyway? (laughs) We are judged by people who should have no say in how we live our lives daily, Mr. Tripp. You see, I have been chosen by the gods of every reality to judge and to give second chances to worthless fools like you bargaining with them to see if they are up to the task of reaching through their own minds and will to choose a journey through memory and thought. Find the answers in your own dream. 
the blending of realities and fighting of demons and monsters conjured from deep within the well of consciousness. Nick, still holding out his outstretched arm, raised his thick, pointed brows. What do you mean? What I mean, Mr. Tripp, is that if you really want, you can die the death you believe. In the dirt, neither fame, fortune, or renown. This very second. Second, second, second. Or, if you can take a trick to your own mind, and at the end, finding your answers to life, you can again wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. A little worse for wear, and continue on the path that you should have been on from the beginning. But in taking the chance and... You fail at your quest, you shall succumb to your inner demons, and then I will take you to a sort of hell with me. Torment, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. (laughs) This is ludicrous, and I don't believe any of it. This isn't true or real. This is a hallucination while my brain dies and I bleed out on the street. That woman's still screaming out. Old Nick Switch open-handed slapped Mr. Tripp hard across the left side of his face. Was that real enough for you? (laughs) Oh, Tripp, you mighty twit. You're not the first to say this, nor will you be the last. If you agree and actually make it, you can ask a Mr. Quincy Slick yourself. You've met him in your real life. He goes by a different name in that reality. But he made it out of a deep, boiling sleep. But I digress. That's a story for another song. His slick-backed black hair gleamed in the non-present sunlight. What's real or true anyway? Can't a schizophrenic find real answers from all of the voices in their head? Doesn't a person with multiple personalities live more than one real and true life? Who are you to say otherwise? Oh, Trip, my friend. You know nothing. Like that wild redhead says. Don't your scientists say that Dreams are a parallel reality because the time that y'all stay there throughout your real lives. Nick raising the double finger, two-handed rabbit ears, while Mr. Tripp rubbed his red face. What is real to you is nothing to that man whom so zealously ran you down. He just wanted to badly break from his mediocrity. Fool, perception is reality. The gods your world prays to are real to everyone who prays to and worships them, but are nothing but crazy ideas to each other. Only their god is true and real. Who's right? Both? Both? Neither? Oh, my dim-learned little friend. There are truths in dreams and in the things between reality. Thoughts made manifest. These are true and real. The shadow men who visit you in your paralysis in between sleep states are as real as you or I. Any and everything is if seen under the right lens. 
You are right about one thing. We are in the moment of your accident. In between time. I don't understand. You're saying that nothing and everything are all real and true together at the same time? <laughs> that even the nonsense in our dreams are as real as any and everything? That negates physics and laws like a reality, man. That we could be in between a moment in time in two places at once? Now I know this is a hallucination. <laughs> Nick pointed with his still outstretched arm, palm out, fingers extended, and blue lightning blasted forth from the tips, striking Trip. He shot backwards, screaming, and started to roll down the hill. Good, good. Can't you feel the force flow through you? Ah, <laughs> uh, Mr. Trip, Trip. What I'm saying is that not only are all things possible, but are happening, happened, happened, and are going to happen simultaneously. That the journey through your mind is real, and that the worlds where you live and are dying are all happening. The outcome of your existence rests solely in your hands. And if you are captain of the ship, what I provide is a reward for the consequences of your life, paths for which to sail. The lightning stopped, and Nick pointed a single finger at Mr. Tripp. He swiftly pointed at the sky, and Mr. Tripp stopped rolling, lifted off the ground, and hung in the air. Okay, okay, I get it. Things are hard to believe if not seen for oneself. Old Nick gave him the come-hither finger. Mr. Tripp drifted slowly to the ground. All things will make sense, but only if you make your choice. I feel in every and all realities right or take a chance on a journey of self-discovery where you can live and complete your life right or fail and be my mule forever. I am patient, but we can wait on this hill for eternity. But you'll eventually have to make your choice. What's the difference? You don't believe this is real anyway. He pointed both hands out beside him in two opposite directions. Fog lifted at the base of the hill in two eight-by-eight-foot openings. One was illuminated by a sharp neon yellow light. The other was a mild black light. He then held his right hand back out in a shaking gesture. What say you? Your choice's ending should be obvious to you. Nick raised a single eyebrow. He was dead and he knew it. But what would it hurt to follow the drip of the DMT coursing through his system? (laughs) Mr. Tripp made up his mind and took old Nick Switch's hand. Fine. I'll take your stupid (laughs) test. Probably won't make any difference in the end anyway. They shook, and Mr. Tripp turned toward the neon path. Wise choice, little buddy. (laughs) Nick thrust his hand out and launched Mr. Tripp rolling down the hill. Tripp rolled and writhed from side to side. As the blinding neon light came steadily closer, old Nick's deep and full laugh twisting in his ears the whole way, the green and gray of the hill smearing in his vision until, all of a sudden, it was gone. He stopped rolling and dizzily got to his feet. His eyes adjusted to the bright light as his head stopped reeling. The laughing was gone. He rubbed his eyes and turned around to where the hill was, or had been. He saw no hill or Nick 
but instead saw a huge cracked and brittle wall, neon pink with dusty cracks, spider webbing all the way up it and out. He looked up, left, then right, and saw that this wall had no end in sight. He scratched his head, wafting a slight smell of burnt hair up his flaring nostrils, and turned around. The ground was a bricked path, glowing with the neon yellow light that pulsed and quaked. It vaguely reminded him of some old movie or something he had seen as a child. The path was about eight feet wide and stretched out into the distance, bending and winding until he couldn't see it anymore. The path sat on nothing. Actually, it appeared like it floated on darkness, a nulled negative space. He looked over the edge of the path, and there was a bottomless void that surrounded all he could see. Nothing at all. He tested his first few steps on the floating neon brick road. It was solid. He chuckled, shook his head, and started to walk. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. To be continued. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cinemusic Live. Today you heard our interview with Eric Jesse, as well as his song Last Sea Rogers and Hourglass, available on all major streaming services and for purchase at ericjesse.bandcamp.com. You also heard the prologue of He Was Dead, written and produced by Jared Tailfeathers. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cinemusic Radio Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media by looking up Cinemusic Live to find out more about our live shows and the podcast. Remember to give us five stars on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, and the equivalent on any other podcasting platform. This has been the Cinemusic Radio Podcast. <laughs>